0: Just go to Indeed.com/slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking dynasty trades and team rebuilding scenarios on Rotoviz Radio.
0: What's up, RotoViz?
1: Welcome into the Roadivis Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Curtis Patrick, still playing hurt this week with a just a, a raw throat, man. Just just so raw. Um, and I'm joined by Dave Caven, <laughs> um, my dynamic duo uh, partner here. We're talking Dynasty tonight, and I'm I'm pumped about it. It's the first time we've really done a strategy show in the past couple of weeks because we've been so focused on cutting up the 2023 NFL draft class and, you know, really, I think we did some best ball content in there as well. And so this is going to be kind of more uh, a strategic level conversation and we can center this around some listener questions um, that were sent in uh, by you, the faithful listeners. And, uh, but we will try to get some, you know, high level strategic points across too, so that they're not specific just to these specific scenarios. Dave, how are you doing tonight, sir?
2: I'm doing a lot better than you are. I am pleased to report that I'm I'm back. I'm feeling vigorous. Oh, There's an episode of Seinfeld where Frank Costanza and uh, Estelle Costanza get separated. Oh, yes. And he mentions that he worked out with yeah. dumbbells. And I feel vigorous, baby, or yeah. something like that. So I'm, uh. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good tonight. I'm going to channel some of that. Frank Costanza into the analysis that we have tonight on some level, I think. And we're going to oh, chug baby. along and help some teams out.
1: That, that is great. And, the, and for those of you that are visual creatures, Dave's beard is looking very good tonight. Oh, thank you. you. Know, if, you're, if you're like me and you know, you're on social media, you get a lot of these ads for these things that you like roll across your face to make your beard look nice and thick. That stuff's mm-hmm. on my feed like all the time. Uh, Dave's beard looks like he uses one of those things, but I don't think that he has to. Um, yeah, so no, that's, that's what I get to look at for the entire. I wasn't even. I, I actually
2: have never seen these things about making your beard look thicker. So I think that somehow the algorithm on my phone knows. <laughs> yes, that, that's not a your facial thing. recognition. Yeah, exactly. Knows.
1: It's like Curtis shaved. Okay, we should make yep. sure that he grows his beard back. All right. Yep. Uh, okay. Before we get into the show, we're going to talk about the Epson Epic Vision Ultra LS800. You know it as the new focal point of the command center at Casa de la Patrick. Um, you know, we're trying to take your fancy game to the next level. Epson's trying to take your sports viewing experience to the next level. Of course, they hooked me up with their LS800 laser projector, including their 120-inch silver flex screen. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. And with a 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. It's, it's four times the size. Of the 60 inch TV that's in my upstairs, Dave. It's literally insane. As you know, we here at Rotoviz love data. You know, with a 4K pro UHD picture this big, we can evaluate plays, prospect game film, and data like never before in larger than life capacity. To learn more, visit Epson.com slash Rotoviz.
2: I can only think about the number of columns of data tables. Oh. I could get onto that screen. You
1: you could probably get out to like ZZZ. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: That's that's pretty intriguing to me. And on that note, let's
1: talk some Dynasty. All right, baby. All right. So we've got three different scenarios that we're going to kind of anchor our discussion around for this episode. We've got a trade, a big time, really big boy trade that went through. And then we've got a couple of team rebuild slash draft pick consolidation scenarios. I think we're going to hit a flavor for every type of dynasty player. And if you've got a big portfolio, maybe you have a team that falls into each one of these categories. So it should be pretty interesting. So Dave, I'm going to toss these out to you. Let you take the first reaction. We're, we're switching spots tonight. I yep. love it. This trade comes from Kieran. Kieran says, Hey, Dave and Curtis, I'm a big fan of the podcast and the rookie draft guide. Your trading episode last week really inspired me to send out some offers, and I finalized a big one yesterday to get your thoughts. 12-team Superflex full PPR. I received Trevor Lawrence, TJ Hawkinson, and the 103. I gave Deshaun Watson, Dalton Schultz, Drake London, the 106, and the 212. Now, there's some team context stuff in here that we can get to after your reaction, but let's just evaluate the trade at face value first because I think there's value and uh, and seeing where Dave Cabin falls on these players. So which side do you got here? You got the Lawrence-Hawkinson 103 side or do you have the Watson-Schultz-London 106-212 side and why?
2: Yeah, so uh, when I look at this, I think that this is a well-put-together trade that these two managers came up with here, um, not knowing... The context of the other manager side, um, I can imagine that, you know, there might've been some things that they were trying to achieve out of this. Uh, so it's definitely not in my mind, radically uh, too heavy on any one side. I actually do like our listener side here with the getting of Lawrence Hawkinson and the one Oh three um, in this year's class. I think that the one Oh three for me, at least, does have a bit more value than that 106 to the point that that becomes material and it's not uh, in any way to me interchangeable parts. Then I think about the fact that the delta there between the 103 and the 106, in my opinion, also absorbs in the 212 to that, still leaving more value on our listener side. I think Schultz to Hawkinson is a pretty big upgrade. And then I think, and this would be reflected in, I believe the opinions of those of us on the site, especially when you look at where these quarterbacks fall in the dynasty rankings that we currently have up. I think there's a pretty significant gap between Watson and Lawrence right now, not only in the perceived value that I think they both have right now, but just in what I would expect from them when I look at where they are in their career and what I'm projecting forward. So In this type of a vacuum, Curtis, I like this trade for our listener. I think that they've opened themselves up to being able to position their team better heading into next year than uh, when they left it this year. Now, people might be curious about what we think about moving on from Drake London. And I would say that um, I think that London is looking like a player that's going to be a contributor, going to be a dynasty player. That you'd like to have on your team, but our listener has Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, Jalen Waddle, T Higgins, and Chris Olave. In this league, you start two wide receiver and three flex. They said they felt okay dealing London. I think I could get behind that, um, especially because I think that this move is going to help them out as they're positioning themselves at running back or perhaps actually upgrading. At wide receiver uh, as a possibility i don't know too much more about how they think things are going to fall out here um in their draft but i think that at the very least this is a pretty good move by them um i definitely don't hate it at all so i'm kind of curious curtis if you kind of land in stride with me there
1: yeah i mean it's an interesting deal i think on pure value Um, there may actually like just, just adding up all the pieces, it it probably comes down to how close you think Watson and and Lawrence are. Yes, I mean, that that's really the crux of this whole thing, because if you've got them pretty close, I think that the one Oh six side actually is a, is a clear winner here because I mean, we we've highlighted a couple times already in 2023, um, how good Drake London's you know, freshman season was yep. uh, for the Falcons and that he's only likely either this year or next year, one of these two seasons, he's, he's bound to get a, a very significant uh, QB upgrade. Um, and so, you know, I don't think that he's anywhere near a ceiling yet. I, I do like what you mentioned and kind of that tier break between the 103 and the 106. I mean, the 103 uh, at best is your top uh, you're going to get one of the top position players at either running back, wide receiver, or quarterback. Yep. Um, and at at you know at worst, I mean, maybe you get locked out of you know either two running backs or two quarterbacks, depending on how quarterback happy your super flex league is. Um, and it pushes you more onto one position. And there's a trade back scenario that occurs as a result of that. Um, but yeah, so I think the over for me, I don't think there's that big there's going to be that big of a difference between Watson and Lawrence. I think there is right now on paper because of the legal issues, uh, the suspension, all of that that surrounds Deshaun Watson and the fact that, you know, he had a very atypical season in 2022 with the the lengthy suspension, et cetera. He's gonna have a very traditional off season this year. He's got a year under his belt in this in the system in Cleveland, and I believe that this will be the year that it, you know, Cleveland shifts it to being Deshaun's team instead of Nick Chubb's team Mm -hmm. from an offensive perspective. And and when you take all of that into account, you know, 27 year old Deshaun Watson versus 23 year old Trevor Lawrence, I think they're probably, you know, pretty equivalent fantasy producers if they're both hitting their ceilings. And we've, and we've actually already seen Watson do some of that. So it really just comes down to, do you think that this guy's going to be able to stay clean, stay on the field and has reformed enough to you know, be a fantasy contributor in a consistent fashion. I'm leaning more that way. Doesn't have anything to do with what I think about him as a human. It's just as a, a fantasy producer. So for me, I'm pretty tempted by the other side. Um, but I think, actually, I think it's a very, very even uh, deal here. Yep. And I think I would ultimately uh, coach most people to accept the Lawrence 103 Hawkinson side on this because you probably got I mean you probably got three of the top five valued pieces in the entire deal. Yep. You know, and so if you just look at it that way, you know, you you always want the most valuable piece, which is clearly Lawrence. And then after that it's debatable as to, you know, after Deshaun Watson, it's debatable what the next valuable piece is. Is it that 103 or is it Drake London? Um, I think most people would say it's one or three, but you might have a couple that would say Drake London in a startup draft that one oh three versus London's ADP right now, which is like in the fourth round of startups that I've seen in super flex format so far, that's about even. Um, so I, you know, I think that's, that's basically a coin flip and, you know, so you take Lawrence with his ADP of eight or nine versus Watson's 15 or 16 here. Uh, so I, I like this deal. I think it makes sense to consolidate you know, the listener also said um, something here about taking Stroud or Young with this pick, which is, you know, it's a little curious to me. I like getting the more valuable pick, but at the same time, you know, you've got Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence on the squad now. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know if that's the, the, the best use of the pick. I mean, I almost would be tempted here rather than taking Stroud or Young I mean, I would almost look at this wide receiver depth that he's yes. got here. He's got Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, Chris Olave. That's his five top flex players right there, including his uh, two receivers that he's going to play. I might look at—I don't know—could I move T. Higgins, who's the secondary receiver on his squad, with that 103 to get maybe the 101 and a little piece back? Yep. I, I'm trying to get up to Bijan if mm-hmm. if I've made this trade. So. So Kieran, don't stay put. Uh, Dave and I both give you our thumbs up on this trade, but don't, don't be, you know, too content at the one Oh three. I think the big get for you would be to add some real high end running back firepower to the wide receiver stable that you've already built. Congrats on that.
2: Yeah. Final thing I'll add there. Um Oh, I guess I'm looking through the roster and I don't think there's anybody I could say. I was going to say, look, see if there's any fool's gold that you have on your roster, meaning like a player that you don't really believe in, but that other people would right now. But from looking at, I don't think there's anybody that would fit that mold.
1: No, I mean, I'm I'm making a strong inference here that he either doesn't like his running backs or, you know, it's basically a quote unquote zero yeah. RB dynasty squad because he literally didn't mention any running backs in this email. So that, right. that that's another reason you know, maybe that, that trying to get up there all the way to the one-on-one would make some sense. So yep. that's a, that's a great submission. Thanks for taking the time to submit that Kieran, before we get uh, to our next scenario, want to remind folks of our new partnership with underdog fantasy for many months now, uh, using promo code rotoviz at under underdog with your first deposit of a hundred bucks would get you another hundred bucks from rotoviz that's been a deal all along, but we sweetened the pot this month. If you use promo code Underdog at RotoViz.com, you get 50% off a one month subscription. So, if you are a long time listener, never time subscriber, this is the perfect time to start playing at Underdog Fantasy and try out your first RotoViz subscription. So, go to RotoViz.com and use Underdog as a promo code at checkout to save on a one month subscription, and go to UnderdogFantasy.com and use RotoViz. For a hundred dollars free with your hundred dollar deposit,
2: I'm just going to mention too before we continue that this is a great month to do that because Blair Andrews and I have been going back and forth uh, in some chats recently, and he has a lot of things in the (laughs) hopper that uh, you're going to want to read, going to want to check out. A lot of exciting stuff. a lot of exciting stuff on the way. See, so excited I can't even talk. All right. Oh boy.
1: All right. Next scenario. This is a one QB dynasty league. With 20 roster spots, Dave. Yep. Okay. And this comes from Kevin. Kevin left us a five star review love last it. week on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Kevin. Good reminder. To, oh, yeah. Give it up. If you've been listening for a long time and you've never reviewed us, uh, we don't ask for those often. But since Kevin did it and he submitted his review to us, it's a good time to remind you. You know, we always love to hear your feedback and. You know, hopefully if you're a dedicated listener, it wouldn't be too much of an issue for you to go drop five stars on our account. All right. So this is a one QB league with 20 roster spots. Kevin self uh, diagnoses that he did a terrible job in his dynasty startup draft and uh, basically had to do a tear down and rebuild right away. Uh, He traded for a bunch of 2023 draft picks as part of that process And I mean, this is a pretty interesting setup right here, Dave. He's asking, yeah, he's asking for uh, some direction here. So his quarterbacks are Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, Geno Smith in a one QB league. We've got that covered, you know, even if Kyler misses some of the season and even if Trey Lance doesn't pan out, Geno re-upping in Seattle, at least covers the beginning of the season until Kyler comes back. Running back, he only lists Travis Etienne. So we can, you know, infer that the depth is, you know, lacking. A wide receiver, this is a, we just talked about a couple of these players, Jamar Chase and and Drake London on this squad. DJ Moore, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Curtis Samuel. So a very strong top three, and then some question marks beyond. And then we've got Kyle Pitts and David Njoku at tight end, so a strong tight end core. 2023 draft capital. This is where it gets really interesting. 101, 105, 107, 108, 109, 205, 209, 210. We've got eight picks in the top 20 of this draft. I mean, this is, or in the top 22 of this draft. This is crazy. Uh, he also has an additional 2024 uh, four first. So, I mean, this team is just really set up to make a big leap this season. And then in 2024, you know, just with the embarrassment of riches we've got here in the youth on the team, I mean, this is going to be a monster very quickly. So Dave, what would your approach be to continuing this build with, given the current collection of assets?
2: Sure. So the first place that my mind goes here is I, I look at the quarterbacks and there's Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, Geno Smith. I think about the fact that it's a one quarterback league and I would really like to see one of these quarterbacks get moved with another piece. Uh, and that could go a couple of different directions, but I don't think that there's much value there. At least in my opinion, Curtis will see if you think differently in carrying Murray and Trey Lance. I would be tempted to try to see what I could get for Trey Lance. If I put him out there on the market right now, that's with me having the preference that I like Murray better than Lance. And I think even if Lance does hit, I'm not sure how much better he becomes than Murray keeping in mind, this is that one quarterback league, uh, we did. We did not say this with Superflex, right?
1: Yeah, this is just a one. Just QB a one. League. One. And, and there's only, yep. The other thing is, there's only 20 roster spots. Right. We've got eight picks here, so we got to be careful. I in this
2: league, I probably well. that's right. a
1: key point.
2: Right. I roll with one quarterback normally in a configuration like this, uh, because you know in this league there's going to be players that y- you can fill in if you need. Anyway, the next thing I would do as I look at this build. And there's some good wide receiver pieces in here. It's nice to see Chase London, two pretty young guys at this point. Uh, Elijah Moore, another young player. Uh, then there's was also DJ Moore, Rashad Bateman, Curtis Samuel. What I would be inclined to do here is use some of those picks that I have to try to lock in and get another one of these star wide receivers. That's uh, you know a little bit younger in age, maybe somewhere around that twenty-five to twenty-six frame. Um, right now, you know, if I were looking at our dynasty rankings, Curtis, and I'm looking at wide receivers, players that I think could fall into that category that you could go out and get with those picks that you have would be guys like CD Lamb, uh, CD lamb, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, uh, bolster up that wide receiver core. You're going to use the one Oh one, uh, Bijan, So that's great. I think that with the other picks that you have, you can still get another running back um, onto this team, I would not be afraid at all to try and use one of those 20-24 firsts right now in some type of configuration that you're doing, uh, especially, like I said, going after that elite wide receiver right now. And then the other thing that you could look at doing, and there's a lot of avenues here, so I'm going to be curious what Curtis thinks, uh, would also be kind of, would be potentially consolidating some of these. Picks, maybe like a 108 and, uh, you know, two of those round two into, uh, a a running back, maybe, you know, a veteran that's somewhere between like RB 16 to RB 20 type of territory. Those are the first places my mind goes. Now, the one thing that I do think I want Curtis to weigh in on here specifically, and I'm sure he probably has some other ideas is in regard to using first round picks, for 2024, is this time of year the appropriate time to do that, or would you recommend trying to use those at a different point in the calendar?
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot to unpack there. Um, I, I probably wouldn't be touching the 2024 picks okay. um, right now. I think w- where this team is set up. I mean, it, rather than going all in in one class, you know, I like the idea of having access to the high-end talent in each of those years and having the multiple picks next year with, with what we would assume would be an upward trajectory for this squad because of uh, how he's going to be able to invest, you know, next year might be another good year to, to bundle a couple of those first and move up to the top of that draft again. Um, because with only 20 roster spots, we want to be investing in the highest in talent only. Yep. We don't, we don't have the patience um, to let players develop. So I think you hit on a couple of things that I would do. So one thing this, uh, that Kevin could consider is, you know, it's a one QB league. So either you want to be underinvested or you want to have like one of the best guys. Yep. Right. So basically I would in this league, I would like to have, uh, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or, you know, just stay put in, you know, a cut, you know, cut slash trade. One of these guys, I don't really think that you're going to get much in return for a player like Uh, Trey Lance or or Geno Smith at this juncture because it is one QB most rosters in a 20 roster spot league only are going to ride with two maximum anyway so you know one thing you could do depending on the state of those other squads would be you know to package Kyler Murray with you know you might have to package Kyler with like one of your later first and a second see if you could you know if if a team needed a bunch of help maybe Kyler plus a first plus a second gets you uh, to one of those other QBs um, in this one QB format, and then you've got that weekly positional advantage you can feel good about. I don't know if that's the way that I would go, I, you know, but I think that is that is viable. And you know, the RotoViz strategy really is to try to have an advantage at the onesie positions when we can gain one. Um, we do that in redraft, we do that in dynasty, uh, most notably at tight end. But you know, here it also applies to QB. Now, uh, running back. With only ETN in the fold. I mean, this owner has already trimmed down to twelve players on the roster and and he owns eight picks. So right now he could make all of these, you know, all eight of these picks. And with the one oh one and the one oh five, uh, you are probably going to be able to get um, you I know, mean, you're gonna get Bijan, depending on how the the wide receivers fall in this one QB league. I mean, you won't get Jameer Gibbs. But if there's a run on those top two or three wide receivers, maybe you can get Zach Charbonnet at 105. Um, yeah, but my money's probably going to be that he will not be there. And so you're, you're probably getting the, the running back one and the wide receiver three most probably in this situation. So one thing you could uh, could do if you want to address this running back position in addition to Bijan – Um, would be to package the 105 and the 109 to try to also move up to 102. And then you take Bijan and Gibbs together. Uh, Now you have Bijan, Gibbs, and ETN as your stable. That is going to be very viable and exciting. And it's also a hedge on an early career injury for one of those two guys or, you know, heaven forbid, one of them actually doesn't pan out and live up to his prospect profile. Hitting the wide receiver position. I liked what you said about getting a little bit more elite here if possible. I think my favorite play uh for this squad would be to package either Drake London or DJ Moore yep. with two first round picks to try to go buy Justin Jefferson. Yep. Um you're gonna have to overpay, you know, go to you know try to use whatever dynasty calculator you want and it's gonna tell you that Drake London plus plus one of these you know, mid-first is going to get you Justin Jefferson. It's not. Um, you'll have to overpay, but you're in a situation where you can. And you know, I would love to be able to have Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase on this squad. Um, it's, it's you know, you are going to just really be in a situation uh, to to dominate, especially if Pitts uh, pans out. You know the way that that you know his uh, prospect profile suggested that he might. So. I think my number one move would be, you know, London plus the 108 and the 109 for Justin Jefferson. Let, let the guy yep. say no. Uh, if that doesn't work, you could go to DJ Moore plus, you know, those same two picks. You, and then you have the ability to move from the 108 to the 107 or from the 107 to the 105 uh, as you negotiate. Um, it just, it's just going to depend on that other owner. If you can't get to Jefferson, you know, obviously uh, there's some other wide receivers that you could get that would, you know, maybe would be cheaper. Uh, this team is really not that far away from competing sooner than later. So I could also see some situations where, you know, you would buy some uh, mid prime receivers. I, I, I wouldn't invest in any post prime receivers probably here, but, no. you know, I don't have a lot of like trepidation over, you know, going after, you know, players at like the DK Metcalf level or something as a wide receiver too, if you can't add another alpha one. So, um. That the last thing that you could consider here is if you don't want to be too over in the 2023 class mm-hmm. would be to move, um, you know, move the 107, 108 or 109 when you were on the clock, move those for additional 2024 first um, so that you can distribute further yeah. uh, across the two years. So this this is a super fun question i can't wait to see um what kevin does hopefully we provided um you know multiple scenarios that are helpful there
2: final thing though i think that one of the key things here and i think we're both kind of getting at it here is you gotta try to do in my opinion you've got to try to do something with those picks because if you were to just make all of those picks this year the roster settings in this league are going to get you into trouble, right? Because they're going to end up, you're either going to, you're going to have to probably in in effect, not be able to be patient, drop some of those. And then the work that you did acquiring those picks just really evaporates. Uh, And I also think stringing them together in a, in a league that's only 20 rosters deep, it's easier to extract more value out of them when you do that, than if you're just going to use them uh, for what they're worth currently, if that makes sense.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it does. I mean, you know, there's other, you know, I mentioned for the running back position, um, trying to get to the 102 and drafting two rookies. I mean, I would be fine Buying uh, really any running back under the age of twenty five. Sean got into this in one of his mm-hmm. recent um, uh, orphan uh, articles that he did on the site um, about a week ago. I just promoted it in the Rotaviz premium email again the other day, in case uh, any of you missed it. Um, but you know he he really mentions you know avoiding those mistakes of buying you know post age twenty five running backs. Well, we could go after you know players like Saquon Barkley on this team. I would still feel fine. Um, about that you know maybe you can get rid of one of those uh, mid first as well as a a later first or you know a first and a pair of of seconds on the clock uh, to do something like that like that 105 plus two seconds could do it uh, or the 105 plus the 109 might do it it's just going to depend on the team context you're going to have to look across the league even buying you know Brees Hall on this team would be super fun or going and buying Kenneth Walker from last season so just you know Whether it's that 102 and adding Gibbs or whether it's, you know, a a running back that's young and already in the league, I don't necessarily think that that matters, but you get the idea of the strategy. So in summary, favorite play would be to go try to buy Justin Jefferson, if possible. Second favorite play, consolidate picks into the 101 plus the 102 to to invest here. And maybe the 2B option is to go after Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes for that weekly positional advantage. And then the final option would be to move some of the 2023 picks for 2024 picks.
2: Yeah, I think that sums it up nicely.
1: All right. Final scenario, Dave. If you have any energy left, because uh, it's been great. We've got this one is from, I'm looking for the name, T.G. TG. Clifford. T.G. Uh, hey, David Curtis. I emailed last offseason and you shared some advice for the dynasty team. The team was in rough shape, and your suggestions helped give me a framework. Thank you. Rather than rehash those moves, I've updated the core of my roster and picks below. I'm hoping Curtis can channel some of his trade fever into potential trades and draft targets that would help improve this team. Starting lineups are the same as FFPC, Rotoviz, Triflex. We start 10, except that this is a 10 team league, half PPR, and not tight end premium. So the starting lineups are the same as Triflex. Scoring and league format very different. Benches are deeper as well. Thanks again for all the great content, anonymous fan. But then he did not anonymize his his email, so TG we well, know. I think it's
2: I, I think you might have blown his cover there.
1: I, I did, and yeah. it is it is fine. I mean, okay, I, c- so I Dave, could if I if I were
2: you know had a little bit more vigor, maybe I would go back and even remove it. But uh, that's a <laughs> <laughs> week uh, like this. It's not going to happen.
1: Unfortunately, yeah. Sorry, bro. Um, so Dave, here, I'm going to give you a rundown and let's see if we can come up with some trades or rookie draft strategies yep. uh, for anonymous fan. Um, QB, Joe Burrow, Tua, Daniel Jones, Sam Howe. And again, this is super flex. Running back, Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson, Khalil Herbert, wide receiver, DK Metcalf, Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, George Pickens, Calvin Ridley, Rashad Bateman, Michael Gallup, David Bell tight ends, Kyle Pitts, David Njoku, Quanco uh, Likely, and Fant. And then at draft picks for 2023, the 102, the 104, the 203, the 204, the 302, the 304. Um, so that's the rundown. What are you seeing here?
2: Well, the, the first thing that I'm seeing here, again, Curtis, is just that I think we have to do some, as we start thinking about moves, some reshuffling of the roster. I don't like seeing the four quarterbacks or the five tight ends. I think that a lot of the roster there is clogged into guys that don't provide much benefit at the current point in time and are are probably unlikely to provide much benefit in the future in comparison to what you might have at running back or wide receiver, where you're going to be playing a greater pool of players. Um, and there's going to be more opportunity for them to get into their lineup. Uh, I think that, The wide receivers, as I'm looking at it, I would like to see something get done to pull in a younger, stronger player somewhere in there. And I also think that there is a little bit of work to do at running back. As I consider the picks and the players that are on this team... I think that you're kind of in the mode where I'd be looking to continue to kind of build up this squad. And I'd want to do it by going after wide receivers that you could use to bolster this team. Now you have the one Oh two and the one Oh four with this being a super flex league Curtis. I think we're still expecting that Bijan goes at the one Oh one. So what do we do here? I think that you could evaluate the one Oh two, see who's going to be available. I would probably though, wouldn't be opposed to looking at using that one Oh two or that one Oh four, or perhaps potentially both to still try and go after a young elite, elite wide receiver. That might become the model for the night. But I think when I'm looking at this team, I think there's still some pieces that need to be shifted here to build this and start looking towards the future. I like that there's burrow at quarterback. Potentially you could consider using one of these early picks on young or Stroud, but I'd actually like to see them get put into a player that we can feel a little bit better about projecting across the course of a career right now. So I, d- I don't know if I should stop there and let Curtis weigh in before we start exploring other options because I'm looking at his face and it looks like he might be having some different thoughts than me. So let's let's hit pause there and let Curtis talk.
1: Yeah, um, I think this team, th- what I like about your breakdown is, I mean, I think this team is, you know, still a handful of moves away uh, from from being in competition mode. If we, if we just stay put and use these rookie picks, I mean, this team is not competing this right. year. The big takeaway for me is without it being tight end premium and also being half PPR. I mean, the team's just really not constructed in a way uh, to be successful right now. Um, and, And the 10 teams as well. When I read down this list, I mean, the only, there's only really three assets right now. I don't know. There's actually probably only two assets right now that you would consider, you know, maybe elite and you could argue for a third. You know, in a super flex league, regardless of the number of teams, Joe Burrow would be yep. considered an elite asset. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker is a consensus dynasty RB1 in and in, in a half PPR, you know, perhaps even slightly more valuable. And then, you know, arguably, you know, without an injury, maybe we'd be looking at Kyle Pitts a little bit different, but without the tight end premium, he probably falls short of that definition of being, you know, an elite asset in a 10-team league. TK Metcalf probably also falls short though half PPR, you know, maybe slightly more friendly to him than other formats. You know, Ramondre Stevenson's a nice piece. I, there's just not, there's not enough wow factor here. So a couple of things, you mentioned the four, the four quarterbacks. There's a lot of depth here, but there's also a lot of uncertainty behind mm-hmm. Burrow. So I'm not sure it, the, the issue is, you know, ideally you'd like to consolidate some of these things, but unless there's another team that's in worse shape than this squad, I don't think that like packaging Tua and Daniel Jones for a higher end quarterback is going to be very fruitful. Tua's got the injury concerns, and Daniel Jones, while New York seems to believe in him, you know, unless you think he's going to rush for 707 every single year, you know, he's going to have to improve on his 15 passing touchdowns before he's a trusted fantasy asset. Right. So we've got a lot of work to do here. We've got the 102 and the 104 to potentially address, but then you're even deeper you know, into that QB investment. And so, you know, I'm not sure that's the way that you want to go.
2: Right. And I don't know if it came out differently. I wasn't actually like, I guess my point there was that between the four of them, I'm not sure that you have much value by carrying the four of them versus like trying to pull in a new quarterback. Cause I'm not really sure how much you're going to be able to upgrade at quarterback. And if that really is the priority when you're looking at the squad.
1: No, I, I do think that you could get away with maybe trading you know, it it probably makes sense to dangle Howell plus one of the seconds to just move up again in the draft. Mm -hmm. That's what I would probably recommend. You know, Howell right now is a little bit of a question mark. If you can find a team that doesn't have a third QB yet, um, which, I mean, in a a 10-team league, not everyone's going to have, you know, a three deep that they feel good about. If you could package Howell with your 203 or 204 to get back into the first round again, you know, maybe as high as like the 107, 108, In a deal like that, that could make some sense. I'll give you about a twenty to thirty percent chance of success trying that, but I think it makes some sense. You know, running back with Walker and Stevenson, I think those are that's actually a a nice pair of running backs for a half PPR league. Falling short of Bijan here does hurt, however. um, Trade back is one of the viable situations that that you would have in this draft if you were to, you know, just go with with our. You know, volume one rankings and potentially go with Jameer Gibbs. Um, you know, at that one hundred and two, and or trade out of it and let somebody come get the QB that they want and, and acquire more first round picks um, with another squad that has other first. You know, maybe that's a way that you could still end up with. You know, maybe you get your you're running back two and three from this class, or your running back three and four from this class at the wide receiver position beyond Metcalf. Not very many players that I like in the half PPR. Yeah. Format. I mean, Chris Godwin's got big quarterback question marks. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I mean, he's got big quarterback question marks too. And it's a very crowded room there. I mean, we don't know what we have in George Pickens or Calvin Ridley or Rashad Bateman really at this point. So that stable doesn't need to be rebuilt. And I, I get why you were advocating for investing that 102 and 104 at the wide receiver position. It's just, it's very difficult to advocate for that without just admitting that this team is still going to be another year away, yeah. no matter what you do, you know? So this is kind of like a productive struggle um, situation. So all of that being said, um, with the breakdown, here are some potential things to explore anonymous fan. Um, number one, packaging either Daniel Jones or Sam Howell with a second to move up and get an additional first um, trade, trying to trade back from that one Oh two trading out of the one Oh two to get another, uh, top six pick or so, and then additional draft capital either in 2024. So you would charge that, uh, that manager there 2024 first for the right to do that. Um, or if you could pick up, you know, a second later, 2023 first, you know, with the right team that maybe had multiple assets that could make some sense. You could try to trade, you know, Ramondre plus, you know, one of those seconds, um, to get back up into the, the first round again, if you don't believe that the Patriots will stay committed, uh, to the same running back for multiple seasons, which seems to have been their MO, uh, over the past couple of seasons, I don't really mind that move. And then the last thing would be maybe with that, uh, one Oh four, just packaging Chris Godwin in that one Oh four or, or Brandon, Ayuk in that one Oh four. Uh, to try to get an elite wide receiver, as Dave mentioned. But, you know, I, I think it's difficult. You got to get some touchdown upside on the squad before you're ready to compete. So I think patience, no matter what you do, and not not buying any old players is the number one big mistake. I would encourage you to read Sean's article uh, that's up on the site right now about those big uh, mistakes in rebuilding an orphan. Not that this is an orphan, but I think it has some of the problems that you typically find in an orphan. And Sean does remind us of the importance of not taking on those aging assets while you're trying to build.
2: Yeah, I want to just kind of float out one more thing for us to think about here. Um, As I was looking at the team, the first player that popped into my head of of the guy that feels like somebody that you can still move and and do something beneficial for this team was Chris Godwin. Uh, You know, you mentioned Chris Godwin in the 104, which definitely makes sense. I'm going to throw it a hypothetical. Let's say that you wanted to do something where you package together Chris Godwin and George Pickens at what level of player does that move become viable? And it's a little bit difficult, right? Because if you look at our rankings right now, uh, we have George Pickens coming in somewhere between tier three and tier four. When you blend rankers together here, George Pickens is wide receiver. Twenty one. Um, at this point for us, Chris Godwin is wide receiver 23. Does a play uh, like given the players that are out there right now in the landscape, does moving them for somebody like, you know, Traylon Burks, Jameson Williams, uh, Chris Olave do enough to merit that for a team like this? I guess what I'm getting at here is in order for you to actually better the team, How much additional firepower in terms of this one player you're consolidating into do you need to get? Of course, you were saying a pick in the player, so maybe it's irrelevant. But I I think it's kind of a curious question right now as we explore some of these players in specific and their values.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, it's a little bit complicated uh, by the fact that um, this is a 10-team league. I mean savvy 10 team league players are not going to be looking to package down and moves. And so, you know, there are some things that I can recommend that will make sense. If there's either a, a manager who is not savvy enough to realize that you're not trying to distribute your talent, you know, across your depth in a format like this, or, you know, maybe there's just a squad that's really hurting a wide receiver. It is in good position elsewhere. I think packaging Godwin and Pickens You know, together in a half PPR league, you know, might be able to get to a player like, you know, you might be able to get to Jalen Waddle, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, And I think that could make some sense, Um, you know, given his age, given his um, upside, um, you know, it it might make sense to consolidate and do something like that. You probably would fall short of being able to get uh, to CD Lamb. And I don't think it would, you know, where it's tricky is I don't think you can get all the way to a a team alpha on a a squad with an elite quarterback. Like you're going to fall short of that. Mm -hmm. And do you really want to consolidate, you know, two of your team wide receiver twos for just a better team wide receiver two? Probably not. That's where it gets tricky.
2: Yeah, especially with the makeup of this team, because, you know, you could argue that what you're getting just from having those two roster spots, being able to be Mm -hmm. filled by Godwin and Pickens is important. In the context of the rest yeah. of the players.
1: Looking at it, you know, one last time here, another option that you have, if you want to lean into uh, David Njoku still in, still being with the Browns, um, and and having that marriage to Deshaun Watson for a while. I mean, he, you know, he was certainly um, you know, a viable tight end one last year, probably not ever going to achieve what Kyle Pitts would be capable of hitting his ceiling, but Njoku also has far less trade value. It would make sense to keep Njoku as your tight end here, potentially without it being tight end premium. Maybe you're able to move Pitts to a team that's very rich at wide receiver or or running back and convert that into positional value elsewhere on this squad uh, to kickstart the team. I I would feel very comfortable still in a 10 team dynasty league, you know, with David and as my tight end one. I'd have no problems with that. It, it you know it may make more sense to trade Kyle Pitts for that additional you know, dynasty wide receiver too, or, you know, maybe package pits with <coughs> package pits with that 104 with Ramondre to try to go get an elite running back. I think those are things that are doable. Um, you know, if you can find the right, the right match, you're probably going to be making that trade with one of the top two or three teams in your league. Those are going to be the managers who might be interested in, in making a deal, uh, like that.
2: Yeah. So this is always fun stuff to run through. I know in some cases it can seem kind of specific to that particular listener, but I think that these are largely things that are pliable across many teams out there, you know, in many cases, many different types of leagues. And I like how it opens us us up to exploring some uh, player specific scenarios too, and kind of gauging value that way. So I actually think, Curtis, this week has been a blur, but I think that this is the final episode we will be recording this week. I'm glad that your voice has made it through this journey. You gotta get some, you know, honey, get some tea into uh into your system, and uh, you know, hopefully you'll be ready for next week.
1: Um, I'm uh getting in the ice bath right after the episode.
2: Thank you for listening to the Viz fantasy football show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.